12 lines from the bottom of Kufir Aleph Amid Beis. Towards the end of the line, there's like a little Yud, and there's this Pashte de Krab and Mike Siv. So that's what we're up to. We, we said yesterday, um, this nice drasha um, the, about that the, the, the Pasuk describes. I'll read the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, um, the Pasuk describes how we're going to tie a donkey to the vine. And the Gemara had a whole drasha that's talking about the times of Mashiach, that the, the wine will be so great, you put a tap in it, and Mamish, you know, everyone's going to enjoy it, it's good for young, good for adults, it's going to be red, it's going to be sweet, fun. So the Gemara says, Pasha de Kramaiksiv, what's the Pashib shot of the Pasuk? Like, that's a very nice drasha, but what's the Pashib shot of the Pasuk saying? So the Gemara says, Kiyasar of Dimi Omar, the Pashib shot of the Pasuk is like this, Amra, uh, because the Pasuk describes at the end of it, Leben Shinai Mechalov, which is um, teeth are white from milk. It talks about wine and milk. So he says the Pashup Shad of the Pasuk is not talking about how great it's going to be in the times of Mashiach. The Pashup Shad is as follows. The Jewish people say to Hashem, Rabbi Nishalom, Master of the World, Ramoiz Be'inecha Debosis Mechamra. Instead of a mean Pashup wine, it means Ramoiz Be'inecha. We ask Hashem, hint with your eyes, Debosis Mechamra. Hinting with your eyes that you love us, meaning the smile that Hashem does for us with his eyes, a wink from Hashem, is greater than wine. And and smile to us, show us your teeth. Smile to us, the Basimechalva is sweeter than milk. So the Pasha Shah of the Pasik is we're asking Hashem to 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 wink to us, to smile to us, and that's greater than wine and milk. This backs up Ravyechanan that the Pasuk is actually referring to showing your teeth. Which is smiling. say it's better to show your teeth to a friend, to smile to a friend, than to give him a milk to drink. It's better to do a chesed of being kind to someone by smiling to him than to give him milk. The pasuk says white teeth from milk. I'll take you the ben shinaim. Libun shinaim. Libun shinaim means whitening of the teeth. Instead of saying that your teeth get white from milk, it means whitening of the teeth. Meaning showing your teeth to someone else is greater than milk. Okay, the, back to the story about um, the, the greatness of the fruits of Yerushalayim, the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara says the following story. Rechi Bar Abba taught the children of Reish Lakish. He was his, uh, cheder, the Cheder Rebbe of the kids of Reish Lakish. There are three days that he was absent. So the Rebbe was absent for three days. He didn't come to teach. Kiyasa, when he finally came back after three days, Amrle Amaya Pakris Reish Lakish says, well, where were you? You can't uh, just not show up on Rish Lakish's kids. So he says, where were you? So he said, Amar Leis, Rav Chibar said, achas abba. My father left me a, a vine, and it was time to harvest, meaning it was time to harvest. I had to go, I had to, go to harvest the wine, but, but the vine. But look what he says. And the first day I picked from the one vine, Shalish meis eshkelis eshkeligar, 300 clusters of grapes, each cluster being a saw. So first of all, it's already showing you the, the greatness of the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. But he said, the first day I gathered 300 clusters from one vine, each cluster producing a saw of wine. Good. The next day, On the next day I picked um, 300 more clusters, same amount of clusters, but but two for a saw. So the first day, each cluster made one for a saw. Now it's two for a saw. So it's diminishing in production by 
And the third day I picked again the same 300 more clusters, but a third of a suffer each. It went down from one cluster to one to two, now it's uh, a third. So it went down to a half, and now to a third. So the Gemara says, and, and, and I, had, I lost more than half of what was there, because if you go by the math, he went the first day a saw, and then the second day a half a saw, and the third day a third of a saw, he was diminishing. So Rishlokish said to him, Rishlokish said, if you weren't absent from teaching Torah, you would have made more wine. Meaning, the reason why he was diminishing was because Hashem wasn't happy that you were teach- you, you, you took off your time for teaching. You should have done this at a different time. You, you should have seen the diminishing. The diminishing is because you missed uh, teaching Torah. Okay. The Gemara says, Rami Yechezkel went to Bnei Barak, he saw goats. They were sitting under a fig tree. And he saw that the fig tree was dripping honey. That's how thick the fruit was. They were dripping honey. And milk was dripping from the udders of the goats. And he sees on the floor, he sees a stream of milk and honey. So he says, Ah, oh, that's the passage he's referring to. And from Lud until Ono, it's two different cities, is three mil. It's about two miles. Once I left early in the morning, and I walked, there was fig honey up to my ankles in this journey. That's how much honey there was in Eretz Yisrael. Rishlokish says, I once saw, uh, um, uh, in Sipuri, I saw the, the land was flowing with milk and honey, and it covered an area of 16 mil by 16 mil, 16 square mil. Now I'm to compute base. I saw the flowing milk and honey of Eretz Yisrael. It was um, the area. If you would collect all the honey, it would reach from these two areas. It's a length of twenty-two parsa by six parsa. So it's that length of area. Okay, Rav Chelvoi, Rav Avina. All these are born and went to a certain town. They brought, actually, Artsko said it's a peach. They brought a fruit. They called it a peach. And it was the size of a frying pan. So the Gemara says, well, again, this is all to show the, the, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and how it's able to physically make the fruit you know, more impressive. So this each peach was the size of a frying pan. So the Gemara says, well, how big is the frying pan? Ilfes kiba hit nehave chamesh saw five saw, which um, again our art scroll brings down on the bottom. It's between eleven and twenty-two gallons. It's a very very large, very very large peach. Ochlushlish. And by the way, the maral goes through all these gemaras can be darshaned. There's all depth to all of these things, but the, especially with like the details of like what they did with the fruit. So the gemara says they ate a third of the peach. A third they just couldn't eat, they just left it outside for whoever wanted. And a third they fed their animals. So that was that year. So they had a peach that basically was, was tremendously large. The next day, the next year, Ravalazar traveled to that city. They brought a peach to him. He was able to hold it in his hand, like our peaches. The Almighty says, The Pasuk says, says in Tehillim, that Hashem takes a land full of fruit and turns it into salty waste because of the Averis. Meaning he said that this is what Averis can do. Last year you had peaches the size of uh, size of trees and now it's 
Tiny. That's to do with the Avera. The Gemara says, this is a cute story. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi ikul le Gavla. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi went to Gavla. Gavla at that town, at that time, was a predominantly Arab. It wasn't Jewish. Most of Eretz Yisrael at this time were not Jews didn't live in. There's a famous letter from the Ramban. The Ramban wrote to his son that he couldn't get a minion in Yerushalayim. It's at the 1200s. So this is at a time where the Jew. this is obviously way before that, but this is at a time where the Jewish people were not in control of Eretz Yisrael. And it's the following story. He saw giant clusters of grapes that were the size of, of, of uh, calves, of, of, uh, of cows. So he sees in the distance these giant grapes that are the same size as other cows. So Omar, why are there cows amongst the grapes? So they said, No, those are grapes. The grapes are the size of cows here. So Omar, he made a tefillah. Withdraw your fruit. Why are you doing this for? You're doing it for the Goyim, for the Arabs who are in control. What are you doing this for? So that year, the fruit got smaller. Lashana, the next year, that was Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Now Rav Chia, the next year, goes to that town. He saw the cluster of grapes were smaller, now they were the size of goats. They weren't the size of cows, the size of goats. So he says the same thing. He says, why are there goats amongst the clusters? So Amalei said, Zil, get out of here. We don't want you to pray like your other friend rabbi. I mean, the Arabs didn't let them stay because they know the last time a rabbi came and talked about the size of grapes, it went from a cow to a goat. And they said, get out of here before you uh, do that again. Okay, now the Gemara says the following. It's again, um, it's all about the size of the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. Tanurabonim. You could figure out that the greatness of the land of Eretz Yisrael, that it'll create, this is from a math equation, it'll, it can produce base saw, a saw of land, um, which they say is um, 50 amas, it, it, it's 2,500 square amas. So it's 5,000 square feet. A square mile, basically. Almost a square mile. So, Beisah, a saw of Eretz Yisrael's land in its heyday, meaning when you had brachas and in its heyday, a saw can produce 50,000 kur of produce. Um, now, how do you figure this out? So what we're going to do, I'll just tell you outside, we'll, we'll run through it. What it's going to do is it's going to figure out what soyan in Mitzrayim could produce. Tsoyan in Mitzrayim, which was the best of Egypt, is a seventh of Hebron. And if you do the math... And Hebron is a rocky part of Eretz Yisrael. And basically, we're going to figure out what Zion is. We're going to be able to extrapolate that a core of Eretz Yisrael's choicest land will be able to produce 50,000, uh, a saw can produce 50,000 core of, of produce. So the Gemara says, let's figure this out. Yeshiva um, in a year when Zion was like in its heyday, Zion again is the, is the best part of Egypt. One saw can produce 70. We're saying Eretz Yisrael can produce 50,000, but he says 70. How do I know this? Detanya, Rameir says, I was in the valley of Beishan. Beishan was right outside of Eretz Yisrael, near Tsoyan. And he said, I saw that a kur made 70, that, that a, a, a saw made 70 kur. Now, we know that the best of Chutzlaretz is Tsoyan. 
So if he saw the best of Chutzlaretz and it created one sock, created 70 kur, that means Tzayin creates 70 kur. Now, how do I know, Shinemar? Now, how do I know that Egypt is the most productive? Kigan Hashem Ke'eretz Mitzrayim. Because it describes it like the like the, like the uh, Kigan Hashem, like the um, Garden of Hashem, like the land of Mitzrayim. And in Mitzrayim, Tzayin is the most developed, most fertile. And that's why kings would live in Tzayan. Okay, so Tzayan created 70 kur. And we know that within Eretz Yisrael, the rockiest part of Eretz Yisrael is Chevron. That's why they buried people. That's why historically it was a place that they buried people. It was a cemetery because it, didn't, it wasn't good for production. So Chevron is, the, is, the, is the agriculturally the hardest to grow in Eretz Yisrael. And still, Chevron is seven times greater than Sayan in fertility and in developing produce. How do I know this? How do I know that Chevron is seven times better than Sayan? Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk describes um, these two places, and it says, Chevron was built seven years, Nivnesa. Before Tsayan. Now, the simple shot of the Pasuk is that Chevron was developed before Tsayan. The problem is that doesn't make sense because Tsayan, um, these, all these countries were made by, um, uh, by a, a man for his sons, uh, one of the giants for his sons. I forgot, I forgot the name. I think it will quote B'nai Cham. Okay, Cham. So the children of Cham were Kush, Canaan, uh, Kush, Mitzrayim, Fut, and Canaan. Canaan was the younger son, Mitzrayim was the second to oldest. If you're a father and you're Cham and you're going to develop cities for your children, you're not going to go to the youngest first. So the Pasuk says that Chevron was made seven years before Tzayin. Chevron is in Eretz Canaan, it's in Eretz Yisrael. It can't be the Pashushah that Chevron was actually made seven years because you're not going to make a city for your youngest son before your second to oldest. So what does it mean that Chevron is developed seven years before, before Tzayin Mitzrayim? It can't be the Pashushah. So the Gemara says... My nimnesa, what does it mean that the Chevron was built seven years before Tzayin? Elim and nimnesa mamish, if you say it was mamish developed, that Cham went around and he developed Chevron before Tzayin. The problem is that makes sense. Does a person develop a city for his youngest son before he develops for the oldest? No. And Mitzrayim, the son Mitzrayim, was way older than Canaan. So it doesn't make sense that he's taking care of Chevron, the son Mitzrayim of Canaan, before Mitzrayim. Shenemar kush Mitzrayim So what does it mean that Chevron was built seven years before? It means it doesn't mean in time. It means in quality. It means that Chevron is seven times greater than Tzayin. So if Tzayin, if a saw in Tzayin can develop seventy kur, and Chevron is seven times greater, that means a, a kur, a saw in Chevron can develop four hundred and ninety kur. Right? 7 times 7 is 490. And we know that Chevron is rocky. The part of Chevron that's not rocky will be Chamesh Meas. Instead of 490, it'll be 500. That's why we have a tradition. Fine. So that means that the worst part of Eretz Yisrael, worst, I mean, the most difficult to grow, is 500, a can make 500 kur. And that's only true when Eretz Yisrael is not you know, revealing its brachas. But when we had the Beis Hamikdash and Eretz Yisrael was in its glory, it says Yitzchak. 
it says that he made it a hundred times. So that means that if 500 core, if a saw can make 500 core, and then when Yitzhak has a brach, it's a hundred times. A hundred times 500 is 50,000. So that's how you can see that in its heyday, a saw of land in Israel can develop 50,000 core. By the way, just have to say, again, I'm not getting involved with the whole is that only, but you will say this, there's a there's a there's a, a letter from uh, I once spoke about this that um, that uh, the the Balatanya says that in the all the teichacha uh, all the teichacha has brachas the Ramban writes so one of the teichacha the most right. difficult teichacha is that Eretz Yisrael will not open up will will not develop so writes the Ramban he won't develop for its enemies but when the Jewish people move in it'll it'll start opening up and you don't have, the last seventy years eighty years ago Eretz Yisrael was a wasteland and then all of a sudden. Not even 80, go to the 1880s, 1890s, when the Tamidia Gros started going. It Mamish started developing that it's it's fertile in every way. And this is Mamish that Bracha just being the Skabal. Is more proof than anything. Exactly. Yeah. I read once a, I read once a letter from um, from Mark Twain. The Mark Twain, when he went to Yerushalayim, he said he's never seen a greater wasteland than Jerusalem. And you see, a hundred years later, it was a hundred years later, it's mamish, it's, it's, it's amazing. So the Gemara says, just to end off with this concept, hundred percent. The Gemara says like this, Tanya, Amrav Yaisi, saw of Yehuda, a saw of wheat harvested in Yehuda would produce five saw. Saw kemach, one saw of regular flour, saw silas, one saw, meaning you take one saw of wheat, it would create five different saws. It would, it would like magnify like times five. It would make one saw of regular flour, saw silas, one saw of fine flour, saw soup and one saw of bran, saw mursin, and one saw of coarse bran, we saw kiburis, uh, kiburia, and one saw of kiburia, which is a different type of uh, um, uh, developed wheat. And Amalei Hutsuduki, of Hanina, a certain Suduki, one center of Hanina. It's appropriate that you guys praise the land of Israel. Why? Because I was given one saw in Eretz Yisrael. And from that parcel of land, I have oil. I have wine. I have grain. I have beans. And I have livestock to graze. Meaning that one saw is able to produce all these different types in Eretz Yisrael. There was a certain Amiro. A non-Jewish person who was living, who said to a Jewish person in Israel, that date palm tree. There was a certain palm tree that's standing by the river. Apparently, he used to own that land, and then when the Jewish people took over, now a Jewish person was was in charge of that palm tree. So the guy said to him, "How much do you produce from that palm tree?" So Amar Le Shitin Kuri says sixty kor, which is a tremendous amount. Amar Le he says Akati Loyalis Loch. You already took it over, you already destroyed it, meaning when I had that tree, I had I developed 120 core. You took it over, you only get 60. So it's like you're you're in the land for one year and you've already uh, ruined it. So the Jew said, no, I also developed 120. I thought when you asked me, you asked me from which side. From one side I had 60. From both sides it was 120. It's the same amount. What does it mean? The Pasuk says, I'm going to give you a cherished land. A land of deers. So Eretz Yisrael is compared to a deer. Apparently if you skin a deer... Uh, uh, like moments later, the hide shrinks. So you're not able to like put it back. So just like a deer 
the skin is not able to contain the flesh. So to Eretz Yisrael, it can't like contain its production. Another shot of why it's just all compared to a deer. Just like a deer is the fastest of all the animals. So to Eretz Yisrael is the quickest, it's the fastest to develop its produce. Oh, if you're going to say, well, if it's like a deer, deer meat is not very fatty, it's not very, very like uh, juicy. So maybe Eretz Yisrael, the fruit of Eretz Yisrael is not very juicy. No, it's milk and honey, it's thickness of milk and sweet as honey. Ravalozer kiavisalik laari Yisrael Omer. When Ravalozer would go to Eretz Yisrael, he would say politely michoda. Apparently, there's a pasuk, a pasuk I think in Yechezkel that describes three different curses that will happen to Klal Yisrael. And he said that as he went to Eretz Yisrael and things happened to him, he always he said, oh, I, I, "I'm out of one curse. I'm out of a second curse. I'm out of a third curse." So when he went to Eretz Yisrael, he said, "I'm out of one curse because one of the curses is that the Jewish people will not be able to get to Eretz Yisrael." So he said, when he got to Eretz Yisrael, he said, "I, I know I'm out of one curse." Then. Uh, when he got smicha, he said, I'm out of the second curse. And the second curse is that the Jewish people, you won't be ordained as a rabbi, you won't have rabbonim. And when he was taught the secrets of figuring out the new moon, he says, oh, Paltu Mitlas, I avoided all three curses that are mentioned in Yechezkel. Shenema, the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, my hand will be against the Nevi'im, and it describes they won't have uh, uh, smicha, they won't have rabbonim, they won't be in Eretz Yisrael, and they won't have the ability to figure out the calculation. Beside Ami Loyu, the puzzle says, will not be in the council of my peoples, as Saida Ibr. That's referring to the secrets of constellations. Bixav Basisoli Kasevu, they'll not be inscribed in the Hasi Sol's Smicha. That's referring to Smicha. And the last one means they're not going to enter Eretz Yisrael. So he said, when I had all these three, I knew I avoided all these curses. Now, we said before, in yesterday's daf, we said that Rav Zeira wanted to move to Eretz Yisrael. But he was afraid of Rav Yehuda because Rav Yehuda was hashkafically against it. So the Gemara talks about him actually moving. He did. He just avoided Rav Yehuda. He actually did move to Eretz Yisrael. And the Gemara says, Rav Zeru ki avasalik Eretz Yisrael. When Rav Zeru was trying to get to Israel, leyeshkach mebaran lemaber. He didn't have um, a ferry. He had missed the last ferry. So he was right outside Eretz Yisrael. There was a river. He couldn't get across the last ferry. So the Gemara says, nokap emitzvikover. So he held on to a rope. He held on to a rope, and there was a thin little bridge, and he dangerously crossed the bridge to get to Eretz Yisrael. So Amr Lehut Tzaduki, a certain Tzaduki, oh, this is for the next one, just to start it, yeah, you're into that, I don't mind. So the Gemara says, I remember that. So the Gemara says, so a certain Tzaduki sees him trying to cross the bridge. He says, Amma Pazina. Amba Pazina means, uh, you, 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 like, it, not just crazy, it's like quick, uh, ra- uh, a rash, like, um, ira- like quickly making decisions without really thinking. Uh, um, quick people, right? We, we made Nasa Vinishma, right? That was our famous, so he thought that was crazy. We, we, we look at it as a great claim. He said, you guys, you put your mouth before your ears, meaning he said Nasa Vinishma without even knowing. Who accepts something without even knowing it? You guys are irrational, irrational, irrational. you just act quickly. Um, you're still acting uh, rash by not waiting for the ferry? Wait for the ferry. What are you doing? So he says, He said, a place that Moshe and Aaron couldn't get into. I don't know if I'm going to get into it. I got a chance to get into Eretz Yisrael. I'm going right now. By the way, just Agav, Shmuel Vosner, he, he got into Eretz Yisrael. He swam. He swam. He was on the last boat. He was on one of the last boats that, that, that took uh, foreigners 
um, uh, refugees from Europe, and they were outside, they were in the Mediterranean, and they got a, uh, a call that uh, Palestine is no longer open, and him and his wife jumped off the boat, and they swam. They, he was a good swimmer, Vosner was a very good swimmer, and he swam into, into Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, Rav Abba Menashek, this is a very famous Gemara, we'll end with this, um, and this, this is how... Oh, he was, he was, he would swim to them. They actually had a good life. Oh, it's a short time. So the Gemara says, this will end with this, and that's, um, Rav Cook used to point to this Gemara a lot in his writing. Rav Abba Menashek, keep it Akko. Rav Abba would kiss the stones of Akko. Rav Chanina Metakin Metakli, Rav Chanina would, would fix the roads that was uneasy. Because that the roads would be clean, smooth, and as you saw. Ravami Ravasi would get up when they were learning and go from sunlight to the shade. And, and, and at night also go and then go to the warmer areas because they didn't want to have any complaint about Eretz Yisrael. They didn't want to say it's sunny. They, they were very careful that if there's shade, they would go to the shade to make sure there was no complaint about Eretz Yisrael. Rechibar Gamda would roll in the dust of Eretz Yisrael. Your servants love the stones and they cherish the, the dust of Eretz Yisrael. The generation that Mashiach will come, Kategori of um, the the Hamidah Chum will be uh, vilified and they'll be uh, um, attacked. Smelting after smelting, not just one time. There'll be a lot of gazerus against the Rabbonim. Plundering, plundering, and plundering. But we'll end with a positive note. All the barren trees of Eretz Yisrael will give forth fruit. Just to start, I know that you are a fan of starting the next one. Um, I haven't looked this over, so I'm not going to explain it, but I'll say, the next Masechah deals with Nedarim, and as we'll see tomorrow, uh, all the Lashinus of Nedarim, even a hint to a nether, is also status to a nether, and we'll uh, we'll talk about more of that uh, tomorrow. But Mazel Tov to Oza, finish Ksubis, uh, keep it up. Have a good one. Recording stopped.